world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. So, uh, this is show Tree 84, our highest numbered show yet. That never gets so, old. No, it never gets old. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, a guest that's on a lot, and uh, she fights really hard for the uh, Second Amendment community and bringing uh, females into the firearms fold, uh, none other than Sherry Spivak. How are you, Sherry? I'm very good. Thank you for having me back. You're welcome. And while I was down at SafeCon two weeks ago, I run into this guy, and uh, I start talking to him, and I really liked uh, a lot of his uh, commentary and points of view. And, you know, I'm always reaching out to talk to different people and get their perspective. It helps me uh, get more material for the show, and it helps me to get more to energize our base and fight the fight. So, uh, Peter, say hello. How's everybody doing? And uh, Pilo, uh, P- P- Peter is a, uh, we think he's a uh, spook uh, for the CIA or something, because he didn't want to be on the cameras today. He's and over on my side. Of he pulled up with a black zone. suburban with another black another suburban b- following him it, with, yeah. with blacked out windows. Yeah, yeah and uh, I thought I, they, I think they were dignitary plates, our U.S. government. Something I'm not like sure. I'm not sure. But we, ha- we got him on the show because him and I had a great... to take his coat off also. It could be a MAC-10 or you know, or uh, MP7. 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 Yeah. So, uh, but we had a good exchange, and, and I love to talk to different people from outside of our crew. Uh, crew meaning, like, uh, Sandy made a comment talking to Peter before, it's always the same 200 people that do the heavy lifting and fighting, and then the other uh, 900,000 that do the bitching and moaning. So, it's nice that we have uh, a female here, and we have uh, Peter here giving uh, some perspective, uh, obviously, from the shooting um, uh, sports uh, perspective as a minority because uh, when I checked he was African American he's a big dude though um, and Sandy he, he's going to arm wrestle you at the end of the show that should be fun okay. Sherry you want to take any bets who you want to go with mm, yeah tough one but I'm going to stick with Peter. <laughs> my money's on Peter <laughs> <laughs> so uh Real quick, I just I just want to tell you something. Uh, I had a customer come in. He's a member of the range. His name is uh, Mark. And, uh, Sandy, he wanted to let you know that uh, in Hackensack, they still have a police athletic league. Oh. No wonderful. shooting, though. It's mar- martial arts and boxing and team building, and it's $15 a month. And but they still have one. And, and his kid took karate classes because Sandy said, because when I grew up in Newark, there was PALs on, you know, every neighborhood had a police athletic league. Yeah. And they had shooting teams. And they taught, you know, boxing. No, there was not really martial arts uh, back then. Yeah. But uh, Mark uh, had an interesting story. His kids in elementary school, the teacher had them building a catapult, a miniature catapult. And he had me reach out to Knappen, and Knappen says catapults are banned in the state, in the state of, of New Jersey, Jersey. <laughs> because a catapult <laughs> is a ballistic device used to launch a projectile a great distance. 
and the words are used interchangeably. So, catapult so, and slingshot. Yes. So Mark went to the teacher and said that you know you're building something that the kids are building something that's going to be a felonious uh, crime <laughs> if they should get caught. And the teacher and the principal basically they're still doing it. They're taking the onus on it. But just so if you don't understand so in the other know. 49 <laughs> states, if you don't understand where we're coming from in the state of New Jersey, you know I had somebody on YouTube the other day comment that uh, you know stop talking like a baby and start using bullets or move to Tennessee or something like that. Well, let me tell you something, buddy. Pennsylvania, just a house in Pennsylvania, just copied almost word for word yep. the extreme protection order law that we have in New Jersey. It's going to pass in Pennsylvania. The governor said they're going to sign it. Let me tell you something. Peter, this is the, the extreme protection order where if you went to your dentist and said, mm -hmm. I had a fight with my girlfriend, man, I'd like to choke her. You're done. No due process. Locked up. Guns confiscated. Hire somebody like Evan Knappen. Retained for $10,000 to fight to get your freedom and your firearms back. Or and have a blemish the rest of your life. And if you're in a professional industry, mm -hmm. in the medical field, or you have a professional you're license, done, you ain't working. Like Shanine Allen. You're done. You're not working for a year. That's right. So what were we going to say, Sam? Well, it's, it doesn't even have to be that you're going to threaten somebody. You could just say to your dentist in passing, gee, I'm pretty, you know, I've been down. You know, gee, Harry, you look, you look down today. I was yeah, depressed. Well, I had I was to come here. Depressed. Yeah. Whatever. So these are the things that when people tell me move, oh, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take the arms right now. Uh, right. I'm just gonna go <laughs> yeah, down to Trenton and right. start shooting we, people. We can't get people on a bus without latte. But I'm not. But I'm not moving. Arms, so. I'm standing and fighting here. I live here. I like 24-hour diners. I don't. Okay. I like my ranger. Well, where are you gonna move? Real. You guys are gonna chime in a minute. True. Florida's turning. Florida's it's going. Done. It's purple Florida's now. Over. It's okay. Florida's I have, over. I North Carolina's over. Virginia. I was talking to Cam. Oklahoma. Last week. It's the Montana. Montana. Yeah. Senator Colorado. Kester. So where, where are you going to go? Right. Listen, they did a survey. Tampa Bay, the uh, Tampa Bay, Florida. The politics of guns are shipping uh, are shifting in Florida. Yes. Post Parkland, people are all for all these new gun restrictions. Yeah, of course. I used to want to move to Florida. Where are we going? So don't tell me that. I always thought about buying something right over the Delaware in Pennsylvania so I can exercise my freedoms. But look, they're copying the New Jersey playbook. Right. So, buddy in Tennessee. We all should stand and fight together. One of the reasons we have such problems on our side is because of guys like him attacking me. Right. Okay, we should all be having solidarity and standing and fighting You're together. Co absolutely correct. One of the biggest problems that we have on, I'm going to use air quotes here, our side is the fact we don't know how to fight. We're fighting reactionary. When you start fighting reactionary, it never, never works. You, you have to use a counterintuitive approach. You're dealing right now with postmodernism where nothing makes any sense on purpose. Trick, but it's hard to get people into our fold. In the green room, I interrupted Sherry and Peter. What were you guys talking about, Sherry? You could lead off. You guys were, had a conversation I, I, when I threw you out of the green room and brought you in here. We were discussing um, how to get the other demographic of gun owners or just people in general to come into the fold. Like, what what is out there? What can you present that will bring them in? The women... The, the African American yeah. men and women, and uh, like that, all that we see, and I say we as just we were having a discussion, is that's a lot of old white men. See, <laughs> now you said women and African Americans. I put all minorities under one tent. 
Every, Absolutely. you know, sexual persuasion, per, you know, I put all of it under one, black, Spanish, Latino, Chinese, Chinese, and women, because I know, because growing up in the gun industry from the from my 20s it's been and it's still perceived as all old white guys so right. I put them all under one umbrella you know not I, for I any like not for a bad thing no no I understand that I just think it it, it kind of makes it where it, it establishes those old white men as the standard and everybody yeah, else is right, a guest yep, right, right. correct you know? mm-hmm. yes so exactly. that, that becomes problematic where it should be um, you know open you know it, sh- it should be uh, universal you know, it shouldn't be that one one party or one group controls the the identity or yeah. the narrative Bingo. Of, of the whole mm-hmm. organization, right. and that and so that's what people feel like. They pe- people feel like, you know, who are not um, you know white males that you know they're guests in somebody else's house. They're not really you know an, an equivalent at the table. Right. You know. Um, so you know that presents a problem. I mean, going to um, your statement about um, you know bringing people in or, or changing. How do you you know how do you change that? Um, I think that what has to happen is like if you look at you, you know talking about the states that you were talking about. If you look at why it's shifting. Look at the Parkland situation. Who? What's the demographic that they're focusing on? Young people, right? Oh yeah. There, there's no. Anytime you know, I mean, I've I've been watching New Jersey uh, safe videos for a while. Um, you know, watching you know just the videos that the the, the New Jersey <laughs> video content that was on YouTube. And what I noticed is that it was always these you know 50 you know plus old you know white guys. And there weren't many women there. There weren't any minorities there. I resemble that there. remark. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying, um, you know, the, the, the demographic has to change because if these people don't become gun owners, they're going to vote against you because they don't have a fear of loss. Where a gun owner has a fear of loss. I talked about this with um, another uh, a prominent gun YouTuber about the difference between being a gun, a Second Amendment advocate versus being a gun enthusiast. And there's a lot of uh, people in that older crowd that are gun enthusiasts, meaning, you know, they, they want to do gun reviews on the, you know, $5,000 gun or the, you know, the, the, right. the $600 right. gun. Or, I mean, that's not $600, but even $600. That's expensive for a lot of people. Like, you don't see a lot of people who are doing reviews on the Ruger Security 9, which is about a $300, you know, firearm or um, uh, what, what other gun is, is, is affordable, the Sky Pistol. Right, which is uh, you know you can find those online for about two hundred dollars. You know, the, get getting people in the door opens up them to, you know, like when when people make arguments that we need to get guns out of the hands of people, and then they're like, wait a minute, I'm a law-abiding citizen. Correct. Why are, why are, why are they why are they infringing on my rights? Right. You know, I'm not going to go out and shoot anybody. But see, when people don't have guns, they don't have you know anything to lose. Anything to lose, exactly. And fear of loss is the greatest motivator yes. of any kind of universe. I thought fear of running out of food for me is well, a that's great true. motivator. It's fear of loss. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day, she was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. 
It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. The world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick, but just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. Listen to this and other episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and On Demand. And this segment is brought to you by Medallion Chiropractic. Dr. Henry Medallion is on 573 Valley Road in Wayne, New Jersey. He was on last week. Dr. Henry Medallion's chiropractic place is about six miles from the range on Valley Road, and it's M-A-D-A-L-I-A-N, chiropractic.com, and he's running a special. If you mention Gun for Hire Radio, he had a couple of his uh, clients, uh, patients come in last week to talk about it, so support those who support us. So, real quick, the other night Tony Simon had his diversity shoot, and mm -hmm. I always pop in, he had about 40 people. And I started talking to people, and he had a couple of uh, African-American Latino people. And the first thing they said was it wasn't what they expected when they walked in. Yeah. And then Tony was talking to them about how to get their permits. So he's doing God's work on that aspect. But it's hard because he markets the hell out of it, and it's hard to get 40 people in. Now, Sherry and Sandy started the Saw Group, where they're constantly introducing new women to the fold, and the women that have become members, they bring other women in, and friends and family and stuff, but, so you and Peter were talking before, but, you know, like, you're doing your job to try to introduce new shooters in, because it's so much easier for a female to transition to female. I've been saying this for years, Peter, where mm -hmm. uh, it's hard for me as a white guy to go into a minority neighborhood and gain the trust of people and get them into shooting. Mm -hmm. It's much easier. People trust their own kind better. You know, mm -hmm. if it's a Spanish neighborhood, if it's a Latino neighborhood, hearing it from a Latino, oh, I go to this range and I shoot, you guys got to try it. There's a, a higher level of confidence because, you know, let's face it, minorities have been ripped off by the old white guys for millennials, you right. know. Mm -hmm. So there's always that level of distrust. We could say there's not. But there is. Yeah, of course. Right? And women tend, right? And right, women it's important tend for them to feel comfortable 
um, if they're going to in fact try something that's a little bit out of the range of something they would normally do to begin with. So you're right, feeling comfortable around other women during our meetups is just really key. You know, we we had a lot. Of, we have a lot of success at the meetups with new shooters coming and we're in. We're fighting and against a war of of public relations and of images. And the images that the other side portrays is that shooting is a negative thing. Guns are very bad. Anybody who has a gun is either a criminal or a cop, and those are the only two people who have a firearm. And we find that when Maj was here, we talked about the same thing about about culturally, whether it's Spanish, even Italians. Spanish, Italians, um, African Americans, who culturally it's a bad thing. Like when you have a when when you have a firearm, are no, you going to get guns a are associated with bad people. Correct. No. Right. You spoke about that at Sa- at, yeah. at SafeCon with me, uh, yeah. Peter. It, it's um, <coughs> it's it, you know I mean we the, when you look at you know the gun violence in America. You know, it's not the mass shootings. It's it's you know inner city violence. Right, and nobody and gives a shit about that. N- no, nah, and nobody that's, cares and about that's, that. That's part of the the lack of trust because there's it's just like um, I was watching an NRA video the other day, and they decided to speak on or low key diss Colin Kaepernick, and I'm like, why are you doing that? Yeah, because right. that's turning a bunch of people off. Yeah, you know, um, and and you know, I always find it funny at how. You know, the NRA plays this balancing act where it's telling the citizenry to arm themselves to the teeth, but then it tells police, you know, we got your back. And if you really look at that, that, that those two things are diametrically opposed because if tyranny were to happen tomorrow, who's going to kick in your front door? It's not going to be black people. It's going to be right. white police officers, be it that 93% of all police officers are Caucasian. Only 3% of police officers are black. But so it, 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 it's, it's kind of weird how here you have Colin Kaepernick protesting police brutality. But again, you ask somebody why you know they need to have an AR-15, they'll say, oh, well, to fight tyranny, of course. And I'm like, but they don't get into the details of who they would actually be shooting at if tyranny were to happen. Technically speaking, and people, you know, they may get, you know, you know, their their feathers in a ruffle if, for saying this, but the Second Amendment, it's it's technically speaking, it's not really, you know, for self-defense because you can't find that in the Constitution, and it's not for hunting, obviously, because that's not in the Constitution. The Second Amendment is for shooting at law enforcement. It is for shooting at government officials. Yes. Not that I advocate for that. Not that I'm saying that, but maybe, it, maybe it, not law enforcement, but for for a an aggressive government. For, that aggressive, is for an aggressive, yes, aggressive right. government, obviously not good law enforcement. That right. we're not talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. just going out there and he gave me a parking it's, ticket. It was you know, intended like, to prevent tyranny. To, to yeah. prevent it was tyranny. written by a bunch of guys that just yeah. escaped just, that. Yes, just there's, escaped it. But there's right. that undertone when it comes to when it comes to black people where it's like, you know, it's like it, I always say it's like black people are not allowed to fight tyranny. There's no manner in which black people can fight tyranny when tyranny specifically affects them and affects their community. Only white people are allowed to fight tyranny. Or the only time that black people are allowed to have guns is when we go off and fight white men's wars. When we fight the Germans, here, you can have a gun. When we fight the, the Afghanis and Iraqis, you can have a gun. When you fight the Japanese, you can have a gun. But you but give then, it back when you come back yeah, here. Yeah, when we come back here, you better you better give it up. Yeah. And, and th- the thing is, is that's what kicked off a lot of the race riots in, you know, the 1920s and 19, you know, the, because when did the war end? 19... Uh, 17 World War One, yeah, and they came back, and those black men who fought in 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 World War One and side were killing Germans, yeah. you know, they they weren't going to take what they were taking before they came back. Because any man that goes off to war and comes back, man or woman who goes off to war and comes back, that's a different mentality. Right. You're not just going to let people push you over right. when you when you just you fought 
right. for your country. Only you feel like you again. own it now. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. come back as a second-class citizen. Right. So th- these are the sort of things that, you know, when, when the NRA throws low-key jabs at Colin Kaepernick, black people are like, oh, see, they're, you know, they're racist, or they don't want us in that organization. or So that, that it's like they, they shoot themselves in the foot, but then they extend an olive branch, but it's like it's like you, you're taking, you know, two steps forward and ten, to, you know, and ten steps back because, yes, you brought them in. That's an olive branch to the black community, but it's, it, you Peter, know. Mm-hmm. can I ask you a question? Yeah, what, go ahead. What, so what do you suggest, to, given that we're in the situation that we're in, and mm-hmm. it's mostly old male, old white males mm-hmm. at the NRA and what you're speaking about. So so what do you suggest is the way to bring people in and, and build their trust? You better have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm genuinely curious. We, you know, we experience this with women as well. So I'm curious. Um, to na- well, the narrative to, to the African-American community is always about gun control. And it's never about the people in those communities being able to to defend themselves like they don't even think it's a consideration they don't even think that they that it's right, their right. right or ability because to because gun control and we've said it over and over and over on this show gun control laws emanate from Jim Crow laws yeah. and that's really what it's all about it's just it's okay for us to have the guns but we don't want them to have yeah. the guns and sadly enough that's still is kind of pervasive. Uh, you know, I no, agree with you. That that's a that's a pervasive attitude to where, but it's but it's pervasive in every community. It's pervasive even in the even in the black and Latino com- communities where, and, and and I'm gonna say even in the you know speaking as an Italian American, even in the Italian communities, because if you had a gun, if someone in the family had a gun, they had to be with a mob. Correct. Listen to me. She used to live in a town. How did you get discriminated discriminated when you went to the police department for permits? How were you treated? Oh, my God. That was hard. Oh, yeah. It took me months and months and months to get my, my what, what township? Passaic. I lived in Passaic. Sure you Almost want that, ev- honey? All you, all yeah. yeah, she doesn't live there anymore. All you people from North Jersey have these horror stories. Oh, God. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have that problem when I they was told surprisingly. Me I should, I, yeah, I did not. A, a revolver would problem. be the right thing for me. You the know, cop's saying that because it's his me. decision. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. My, the, cop that, the cop that interviewed me, he was my dare officer. So, oh, <laughs> you know. But uh, <laughs> what I'm saying, even 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 now, you know, I, I I go in there and you know they're like, you know, they know me by name and you know they're like, oh, are you looking for another permit? Like they're very they're very polite. You know, I haven't had the experience with you know where they I've heard people you know you you have to get this notarized and everything. I'm like, no, you don't. You know, and so I they heard so crazy have, things in line in front of yeah. You Down by us, it's a little bit different from Michigan or wherever you moved in, from. I heard all kinds. In Newark, if you rent, the police department requires an affidavit from your landlord that it's okay to have guns in his or her house. Wow. How illegal Mm -hmm. is that? So how many, you you and Sandy, how many women do you think you've impacted since you started the oh, Second I, Amendment I Women's I would really group. say hundreds. Because I would not say close to a thousand. Yeah, I really yeah. would say. Here's my, here's my question about, even with, with the women, because like, it's like in one breath, right, when you look at, you know, moms demand actions against guns, right, because they always make it like, you know, all women are against guns. But then, like, right now, like, we're in the middle of hashtag me too, right? We're in the right. middle of women, you know, talking right. about sexual assault. And, and, it, and it amazes me that there's no conversation saying, hey, women, you should have firearms to be able to protect yourself from sexual assault and sexual predators. Like Because this, because the pro-gun side are idiots when it comes <laughs> to 
delivering messages in sound bites when it comes the 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 organized side the other side has been organized for so long and mm-hmm. well funded well, our and very well funded is that um, a gun in the home is more dangerous to the yes even oh, if right. that's They're their still, favorite they are bite. still that quoting is, that statistic yes. that has been disproven Absolutely. by a guy who 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 was a cleck Gary Kleck? It was Kleck, who, and and Kleck's research has been proven to be bogus, and whatever he did, he took samples from people living in the hood who sold drugs. But even even still, like, it's a a nonsensical argument. Yes. It's like, if you chew gum while walking down the street, you're more likely to choke on your piece of gum. But it doesn't... If if you argue with your girlfriend in the parking lot, you know, she's more likely to run you over with the car. This is true. You know, it's like, (laughs) you can do that with anything. Speaks you know, from, if, from if you're drinking of, alcohol on your balcony, you're more likely to fall off, or you're, you're you know, ten thousand more likely. You know, it's like, uh, come right. on. Well, when it comes to guns, it seems like what you said before: knowledge is power, right? Except yeah. for when it comes to guns. You yes, know, exactly. Except for when it comes to guns, right? Because it, not everybody that comes point, to our meetup Jerry. ends up. Right. Not everybody right. that comes to our meetup ends up purchasing a firearm, but they come, they learn, mm-hmm. and you never know. There was a video recently of a woman who she used someone else's gun it was a violent situation there was some kind of video and she but she clearly knew how to use, use the it, firearm right. it wasn't hers she didn't have it on her it belonged right. to the um the whoever was robbing the store i forgot exactly but knowledge is power she was able to save herself because right. she you could see her on the film actually knowing how to use the firearm it's the same as driving I, you can have all the cars in the world and, and if you have to flee somewhere and you do not know how to drive a car you don't have to own a car to be able to drive it it's a per, it's a perfect example and, and what you guys are doing is it's just more than just teaching about it it's it's familiarization it's it's the camaraderie that you build absolutely it's making it acceptable it's making yes. it culturally yes. acceptable as moms. It's it's okay. Uh, there's other moms out there that have firearms in their home too. I think to people are afraid of the power though. Like it's I try to to get people to understand that having a gun is no different than having a car. I mean, we've seen this with, you know, the terrorist attacks. You know, if, right. you're, if you're running right. people over with a 3000 pound vehicle, it's like people say, "Oh my god, it's a weapon. It kills." I'm like Everybody who has a driver license has a we- has a license to kill. Right. You know, if you if you, I mean, what is what is stopping you from you know you're driving down the highway and you're you know you got the other lane that's going the opposite direction and you just saying screw it and, you know and just swerve over into Head the on. other lane. Nothing is stopping you from doing that. So I don't know why people think that you know if if you have this this gun that it's it's this sort of evil talisman that contains like an evil spirit that's going to cause you to. It's act until violently. you try it the first time. It's usually people. People that have never, ever fired a gun before. That's what our calling in life is. Me, Sherry, introducing to, new to people. Introducing people to and, the firearms. And, you know, I, I tell the story. I'm going to tell you quick when we come back about Leslie Stahl when she was here with Rachel Maddow. Perfect yes, analogy, Peter, about the <laughs> talisman. It, they have made it an evil talisman. I have a talisman watch. Just for that, just so you know. Oh, good God. You see what I deal with. Right? <laughs> I just need witnesses. That's all. That's all. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. 
The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra wide ports so two people can stand side by side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50 yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom and go back up to the concierge and make a right, we have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun for Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. And this segment is brought to you by Gunsitters. Gunsitters.com is on Route 10 East in Whippany in the Pine Plaza. You can store your guns there long-term, short-term, vacation, domestics, uh, divorces, anything else you may need. They also have a facility right over the Delaware in Easton, Pennsylvania, and they're opening up one right now in Salisbury, Maryland, and one in Hawaii. So check out uh, check out Gun Sitters. Also, don't forget, Pete was asking about Lipstick Bodyguard. It's uh, three quarters of an ounce. It's a, it's legal in New Jersey. It's strong as hell. And like I said, Patty's daughters have gotten through airline security with this because it looks like lipstick. If you have one that says Saber Red or something on it, they're going to take it away from you. And I wouldn't. I'm not advocating taking this through the airport. No, by the way. no, no, no. But if that, you no, forget no. it in the bottom of your yeah. purse, mm -hmm. you know that's why I don't carry a purse. I don't have to worry about getting in trouble. So, Sherry, uh, before we get back to you and Peter around there, because I like the exchange we've been having here, what, what's, what do people need to know about? So Christmas time is coming. So for all of us guys and girls that listen to the show, how much does it cost to be a member of SAW? $25 a year. We haven't raised it in five years yet. And, and what do they get for that? Um, they get the price at our meetup of $10. Okay. Um, instead of 15 they get the free gun cleaning classes, which your guys do for us here, Charlie and Kevin, which is worth far more than $25. You betcha. We yeah. charge $125 for a gun cleaning class one-on-one, -on -one, just so you know. We do it at so least you know. twice a year, sometimes yes. more, whatever, whatever we can we can fill in. They get 10% off here at the range on either their membership or classes or whatever you guys, however you worked it out. 
for our club. So um, wouldn't wouldn't that be a great gift for the ladies yeah, in your life yeah. to, to have them come on down? To, they don't have to come to every meeting. I always see she has a few you know people that are there at every meeting, and then you see interchangeability, people coming in, and I love seeing the new faces. So one what of the things that you get at the meetups is we have um, instructors and. NRA instructors, and what I want to say to Peter after is that what I've what we've experienced with SAW, maybe that's what's helpful for you and your community, which mm -hmm. is that we for five years we've slowly built up these newcomers into SAW, and now five years later they're instructors, yep. that's and, and they can welcome in yeah. the new people. So it's not like walking into um, an event or something where right. you don't recognize the people around you that aren't. And welcoming. they're bringing groups, and it's that whole Absolutely. each one reach one and concept. And who better? I'm a male instructor. I'm a training counselor. But if you have new women that are on the fence mm -hmm. <coughs> about guns, who better to teach the women than women? Sure. Seriously. Sure. You know, it, there's there's no better because there's that connection. Well, I have kids in the house. You know, guys don't think about this stuff. We have a different perspective. You know, the hunter gatherer perspective, so to speak. So, so what what do you have coming up so for people that are too cheap to pay twenty five dollars <laughs> to join the soul group? On Tuesday, October 9th, <coughs> we have uh, here we have our um, one of our gun cleaning events. It's always it's always a full class, and really the guys Charlie and, and Kevin they will literally let you take your gun completely apart, show you how to clean it, and make sure you put that gun back together. And as many times as you, I've had people video them taking their guns apart just so that they or people that wait for that event to clean. I'm going to bring fire. in my Ruger Mark IV <laughs> just to watch them take it apart. They'll, they'll, they'll do it in a minute, Kevin or yes. Charlie, in a minute They're without even looking at the gun. Fantastic guys. Um, so we have that coming up on the 9th and then the following week, I believe on the 16th, it's the Tuesday, the following week we have our October meetup. And then coming up hopefully in November, we have a meetup every month. I don't have all the dates in front of me, but we post them on Where do our, people find find our website. It's um, sawshootingclub.com or on our Facebook group page or our Facebook public page. Um, if you go to the public page, Second Amendment Women Shooting Club on Facebook, which you can link to from our um, our website you can ask for an invite into our private group where all the events are posted there. You can talk to the other women, find out who's coming. You can even ask if someone has a particular firearm that you want to try so that they'll bring it. Um, they, get to, they get to try out each other's guns. I tried to get membership into the private group, and they requested me a, pic a picture of me in petticoats. <laughs> did you, did no, you put No, I'm still in the open. I can't uh, get them in my size. I know. Well. We only ask one question. <laughs> so if you're lingering in our, in our queue and we haven't invited you and we only ask you one question, which is how you found out about us, oh. um, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, like like Tony Simon with with You're the diver. You're gonna do this to me again this week. Now. So that burned itself into the back of my brain. What what I said last week? Coats, oh, petticoats. Yeah, so so Peter, like with the diversity, shoots, we made we made a bunch of people uh, instructors. I've made a thousand instructors in the past twenty five years or so, and uh, so it's it's hard to reach them because there's a level of distrust by minorities yeah. and women and you and and you hit the nail on the head and you also said something to me down in SafeCon about uh uh black people kind of feel like uh well if you own a gun you're a criminal like sandy was kind of saying about italian heritage then you must be a mobster if it, you own a I gun mean, there's there's that i mean you gotta to get not to get too complex but with you can't talk about guns in the black community without talking about the economics. The reason why you have all the gun violence in the community is because there's a there's there's no you know America's been deindustrialized. Most of the black people moved to to the north from the south because of jobs, and those jobs dried up, and those factories shut down, and then black people were stuck in houses upside down and whatnot. But um, you know, so then you know, then I don't need to get into the you know the 
Reagan, Iran, Contraing, and all the dumping and the drugs in the black community. But I'm saying, um, you know, there's a narcotics trade there. And so, you know, that is what a lot of the young men are doing in these, you know, urban environments. And so there's no patriarchal structure, meaning in, mm -hmm. in, in the white community, you have a patriarchal structure where you have fathers in the home taking care of their wives. And, and that's and disappearing, too, now. Yeah. So you, you have you, at least at the very least, you know, when white women do see white men, they can associate a white man with a gun with protecting the family or protecting the community in the black community. It's not like that. It's a so you know these black man with a gun equals criminal activity, or maybe he'll use it against a woman's son. She's thinking about that, or maybe he'll use mm -hmm. it against her. She's thinking about that. So even if you go to discuss um, you know conversations with African American women, you know, and you bring up guns, they're going to be thinking about using it as protection from the men in their community. Mm -hmm. You get know what I'm saying? So so there's a, it's a different it's a different dynamic where you know. In the white community, you know, it's more about, you know, protecting the family or even, you know, this sort of tribalism that goes on where, you know, we got to protect ourselves from those people over there. And, and you know, black people talk about, you know, it's like people know that there's violence in the community. And there's a lot of people who do feel like when two drug dealers take each other out, they're like, hey, you know, yeah, who right. cares? You know what I mean? Like right. there are black mm -hmm. people who feel that way. Um, but then you have the aspect of, you know, the issues where, you know, you see these high profile cases of, of law enforcement, you know, attacking black people. And then it's like, but again, you know, we're not allowed to fight tyranny. I'm not advocating or saying that, you know, to, you know, attack police officers. Please don't believe that I'm saying that. Um, but, um, you know, there's there's both there's threats both inside and outside the community. Even if I'm not talking about that aspect, you know, you have the rise in these, you know, sort of tiki torch, you know, individuals running around, you know, the Jared Taylor types. And who's the other guy at the. Uh, oh, they're so sad. I don't. I yeah. Don't. You know, so <laughs> and I'm saying but the thing is, is the, the funny thing is, is that has caused an increase in the number of African-Americans who have taken interest in firearms because they feel those sorts of threats. But I try to emphasize that we have threats both inside and outside the community yes. we have threats both right. from you know you yeah you can talk about the people who are you know these sort of you know bigots and racists running around but you also have to address the fact that you have people in your community that are a threat to you most people most every community has its bad apples every community has its it, it needs an enforcement arm and and the black community doesn't have its own enforcement arm and that enforcement arm would have to be uh, made up of you know the black men mostly in the, in the community that's who right. want to fight and challenge right. those individuals. Right. But this is not a narrative that's being discussed. What's being discussed is well, if we get rid of all the guns, then Ray right. Ray and Pookie won't have the guns, and you know everybody will be safe. You know, and and, and I'm like it doesn't and, make any look, sense. Like Ray Ray and Pookie is going to still have the guns, yeah, exactly. and everybody else is not going to have. The or, guns. A knife, exactly. or, or a knife, or a knife, or a golf club, or whatever. Yeah. What doesn't make what really doesn't make sense to me is it's like you say that police officers are racist and then five minutes later you turn around and say that well we don't need any guns and those same racist police officers are going to be the ones that protect you right you, the, you, you're not making any sense right so you're saying well i don't need any guns because the cops are going to protect me you just got finished saying that they were racist right so so it's it there's a lot of in, intellectual inconsistency you know with the with the, the, the positions that people are <coughs> taking because honestly i believe people were 
operating off of emotions. People are always going to operate out of emotions, and and the cognitive dissonance that exists in in that thinking in that in in the communities, and it's just not it's just not that inner city community. Mm-hmm. It's in every single group or every tribe. Every community has its own cognitive dissonance. There is that that I whole look that up. That <laughs> there there <laughs> is that that whole confirmation bias that goes on that oh. we are going to see what we what yeah. we have already decided we are going to see the most the most racist place in in America is YouTube if you go to any comment section this is one of the things that turns that turns black people off go to uh, websites like a uh, um, active self-protection or um, what's the other site uh, uh, police activity and read the comment section anytime the perpetrator is black when the perpetrator is is white, it, it's it, it doesn't come with the same sort of vitriol that it comes when the perpetrator is black. And there's this and there's this attitude that you know uh, law law enforcement is for the protection of white people. It's not for the. I'm protection so glad of white I don't people. watch YouTube. Oh, yeah, I'm from a different generation. It just we it post the show on YouTube now, but I I think I've watched I, I YouTube you. videos in mm-hmm. 57 years. Right, we post on social media, and I hate sections. social media. Read the comment sections, and right. I'm saying that like that is a lot of those people are a part of the gun community. Yes, you know, and they look they look at law enforcement like law enforcement is for us, guns are for us. You know, and 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 all those other people. Are, you well, you'll know. you'll see that just generally. I mean, we we've seen it, and uh, you know, and you've got a lot of law enforcement here who train, and you're a law enforcement trainer, and you know, we have respect for 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 law enforcement, but there are those who that that badge and that gun is an extension of their manhood. Yeah, you're always going to have that. And, and, but you're it's going to be in every that. society. It really doesn't matter. I don't know whether it's. I, you know, I can't just say it's just law enforcement. Uh, I can say it's pretty much everybody. You know, you're going to have those 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 groups. Look at another perspective. Sherry comes from a Jewish background. Mm-hmm. How split yeah. is the Jewish yeah. community with guns? It's probably split more than the black and the Spanish community Far more with the guns. You pr- there's if probably a lot more gray areas yes. in the other minority communities. In, in a liberal synagogue, it's going to be one way. In an orthodox synagogue, it's going to be an entirely different. I want you to talk about this when we come back. Because okay. you, you fight the fight all the time, right? Yeah, I've seen it too in my own community. Yes. Yeah. So we all have it, Peter. It's just different varying degrees. Right. Time and memories, the two most precious things you can give someone. No cell phones, no video games, no electronic devices, no interruptions. Just your favorite gun, a couple boxes of ammo, and time spent together. The folks at Gun For Hire Woodland Park Range believe there's no time like the present, and no present like time. Step through their doors and you'll feel time stand still. It may look like a luxury shooting range, but what they really sell is the perfect day, and perfect memories are made from perfect days. Gun for Hire Woodland Park Range, where family memories begin. it wouldn't last. That was just wishful thinking. Gun for Hire Radio. 
the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Right. Seven years running. And this segment is brought to you by uh, my buddy Bob Ramo out at Shooter's Gauntlet. Shootersgauntlet.com. It's out near Tobihana, Pennsylvania. It's literally three hours from the range please, here. Please, 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 please do not make a Pennsylvania joke. And uh, it's in Pennsylvania. And Bob Ramo, uh, this is where we go out and do our long range shooting. He has a 1,500 yard range. Please address the hate mail to him. He has Bob Ramo at info at shootersgauntlet.com. He has 1,500 yard uh, long distance range. He also has, you get ready, zip lining and shooting. You can zip line and Come shoot on. at steel targets. Are you yes. serious? That's yes. got to be like. That's yes, scary. he does. I'm probably going out <laughs> later I'm this month with Jimmy. That. Why? Never, well, because <laughs> I could Sissy. get hurt. Uh, and he also has uh, two machine gun shoots a year, which uh, I hear the last one eclipsed Knob Creek machine gun shoot. Really? Uh, yeah, and so it's only, it's only three hours away. It's called Shooter's Gauntlet. Check out shootersgauntlet.com. Like them on Facebook. Tell them you like us. Also, the uh, Second Amendment women, Sherry, in case we forget, how do people find you? It's sawshootingclub.com. So we're going to segue into Sherry uh, growing up uh, with Jewish faith here. So I had Leslie Stahl here from 60 Minutes with Rachel Maddow, and they were here on a Sunday, and they were filming B-roll. Rachel Maddow had left. And on the Sunday, Peter, I got uh, my my range on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Mm-hmm. It looks like a combination of United Nations and um, Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. There's every size, shape, and color. And we had uh, some Orthodox uh, Jews. We had Hasidic Jews. We had Black, Spanish kids running around. And she looked at me and she said, "I can't believe how many normal people come here." And you know, my first <laughs> response is to smack her. Yeah. But then I thought about where it was coming from, right? right? Because right. we're only supposed to be hillbillies in MS-13. Right. There's not supposed to be Jewish people and kids here, and and, and black people. You know, because all the minorities mm. are supposed to be uh, anti-gun, because everybody has to be, you know, segmented. I will we say, you built it. a mecca here, which makes that possible. Mm. You not like that everywhere. You know what? It's funny. No, and, it's and, not. And it's go, you're right. Correct. We take that for granted. But but Sherry's absolutely right. We take it for granted, but if you go anywhere else, you know, I, I down by us, I don't think there really is a place that is no. As no. I mean, they they've pretty much closed most of the gun stores. Yeah. But you know, down there. But you know, uh I get, you know, Peter talks about uh the uh the father figure and everything in the inner city. On the weekends, I you know it's re- kind of restored my uh, hope in humanity too because if you watch the news, all the millennials and the Generation X they're all they're all useless, right? They're all living in their mom's basement, and I get so many mar- minority groups and couples that come in on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you know I engage in it with everybody and I talk to them, and you know it's who's got this job and who's working at the airport and who's going for their master's degree, and this is our date night and we're going out to dinner afterwards. I you know. That's all I hear. Obviously, they come here. It's not cheap to come here for a date. It's much more expensive than a movie. But uh, it gives me hope for our future when I see that. And I engage in so many people. So, so Sherry, you, you've dealt with the, you know, it's, it's extremely, it's extremely polarized, right, in the Jewish community. There's not many fence sitters, is there? There aren't many fence sitters. There are a lot of closet gun owners, I would say. Yeah, of but course. But there aren't a yeah. lot of fence sitters. There's definitely, uh, you know, I've told the story on the show before where I went in for career day to my son's class a few years ago. And yeah. I, as a self-defense instructor, <laughs> I, went, they were, I guess they were desperate to get, get parents to come in in the middle of the day. But um, they let me go in. They knew what I was going to speak about. I gave a little Eddie Eagle to the class. And, um, you know, this is, it, it's liberal. It's liberal. The general idea is it's a liberal t- 
type parent body, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I had said something, I mentioned gun for hire or something like that. And like literally at least half of the kids raised their hand and said, I know Anthony, I shoot a gun for hire. (laughs) (laughs) So here are these people whose parents who are, I mean, kids kids tell the truth, right? Like, you know, they're going to tell you. They weren't going to say it until it came out. (laughs) But why do you think it's like that for us though? Like, because I'm saying, you know, Jewish people had the Holocaust, African Americans had slavery. And it's like, you would think right? that that would be the wake-up call, right? and they right. would be the strongest Second Amendment right. advocates that there are, but we're not. Uh, you would think. I mean, just without going into too much detail, you know, I've been involved with um, some of, some of the security at some of the synagogues in in town where I live because the, um, there's a volunteer organization that helps because you know we know our own people as I'm mm-hmm. sure you do if mm-hmm. in, our, in our houses of worship. We do have a police officer there officer that sits out front but his job is not really to profile the people coming his in. His job is to get on the radio and say this problem I'm going. Right yeah. but, but we but we know our community and, right. and there have been a lot of attacks and you know we yeah. do not here but yeah. in general. Anti-Semitism and, is a lot. And we we know people that don't look right for example but then right. you'll get people in the in the synagogue who will say but we got a police officer out front why right. do we need people right. armed in the synagogue but that's everywhere though right, right? i mean so we s- we see that in every community the absolutely. people who stick their head up their behind and absolutely. and they pretend that everything is okay you know it's a normalcy bias they just really want everything to be okay so right. that can exist and it's here. a battle if if you if you give a little bit okay well we allowed the police officer to be out front well we right. allowed some volunteerism to no b- one's going to protect no one's yep. going to protect the people in that right. r- in in your yep. in your Absolutely. synagogue than someone who has an yep. invested interest in that synagogue. My kids there in there. Kids in right. there. Exactly. Right? I know that my security kids guard in there. You're standing in front of this guy. Security. <laughs> Ten dollar an hour security guard. He's no, hundred and twenty five dollar an hour cop in uniform so. sitting in a car. A van pulls up, right. and four guys that look like me and Peter get out with AK forty seven. He's not going to fight to the death because no. he has no vested interest in right. what's behind him. He's getting on and the radio and he's calling for help. You would think that the people inside would want the people outside who are from their community capable of stopping that threat. Scared of power? I think they're scared of because, I mean, you literally have the power of God in your hand. And and for some reason, more than a car, that that I feel like that scares people. If they feel like it's either that or it's an open invitation to violence, like as though you having it, the gun. And it never used to be like that. I mean, when when Anthony and I, you know, back in the Stone Ages when we grew up, uh, I I tell the story a hundred times. I used to take my twenty two rifle to school and put it into the locker because I was going to the PAL afterward to shoot. These were things you could... Now you, you can't even draw a picture Someone of a gun. Someone would be called yes. a police officer. Can't right. eat a slice of pizza in the shape of a gun. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? And, 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 it, and it was... Or we go down to, you know, we get down to the local dump or right into the woods or whatever, and we call... And the only reason we call would call was because my friend's father was a, uh, I guess a sergeant in the police. We call up the police headquarters and we say, oh, we're going down to dump to uh, go shoot rats or something like that. Okay, you boys be careful now. Yeah, that was about it. it. And and one of the cops would just drive by and make sure everything was okay, that we were okay, because you had a bunch of nine-year-olds with rifles shooting rats. And it, and it really didn't matter, and he would be shooting rats too or whatever. He so, did. So don't don't feel beat up because everything all of us do, each one reaching one and trying to convert people. Like uh, Peter, you you noticed you get a lot of pushback when you try to talk to people and, and change their mind. You uh, know, it start it's it started out that way. I mean, it's been slowly changing, um, but uh, you know, I have to 
I, I really got to beat people over the head. I mean, I really got to, I really got to, I'm like, I, I, I usually, you know, they make a statement and I'm like, okay, let's go with that. And then we go with that and we draw it out to its inevitable conclusion and then they see where they're flawed. Like, mm-hmm. I have to I have to go where they're trying to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You got to meet them where they yeah. are. How many people have you introduced to the shooting sports? Thousands. Good. And and Sherry, too. And me. You know, my business as a Second Amendment advocate, uh, it's to change people's perception. They come in. I get all these inner city couples and groups come in on the weekend. We treat everybody the same, everybody like family. And I always say this on the show. If they leave, if they don't join the NRA and become Second Amendment advocates, I'm okay with that because I've still changed the narrative. When they close their eyes and think about what a gun range and employees and everything look like, they know in their heart of hearts it's different. And that's our job to do that. But I would love to see uh, more members uh, of people of, of color coming in. Uh, I see women coming in unattended, which back in the day, you didn't see that. Yeah. You know, women always, they brought a chaperone with them to shoot. They really do have as much of a preconceived notion about gun owners and what they look like, just as much as they believe that other groups of people have preconceived notions about them. Correct. Correct. See, but I, we treat everybody like family. I don't care. I I, t- I had four African-American women come in mid to late 20s on a Tuesday night, dressed up really nice. They were probably going to dinner afterwards. And as soon as they walked in the door, I said, welcome to the family. How would you find out about us? And the one girl says, I came with my fiancé last weekend. I convinced my girlfriends to come. <laughs> There's no better win for me yeah, than that. There is no, that. Bingo. I'm done. You know, uh, the four of them shot. And the other three, obviously, the body language was closed body language on the way in. On the way out, they're, like, screaming and holding their targets up and taking pictures. I'm like, oh, I got them. Four more new customers, you know, repeat customers. But back in the day, in the 80s and 90s, four women, I don't care what color they were, would not have walked into a gun range to shoot. Right? Right. And And if they did, how would they have been treated? Oh, yeah. Hey, sweetheart, what do you need, a private lesson? Are you here for your gift certificate Mm -hmm. for your husband? You know, I used to watch the men sing to the women. Right? Why do they talk, like, melodic when you're talking to a woman? Like, what does that do to you, Sherry? Is that something that triggers you and go, oh, my God, he's an alpha male. Gets women hot. Yeah, that's what it does. Am I right, Peter? It's like whistling from a construction site. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, dog whistle a girl. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. do that today. Right, yeah. (laughs) Did it with a baseball bat. Right, exactly. (laughs) Do that in my house and see what happens. So, So, Peter... Talk to the audience. I mean, you, you've got a million people on the other side of this microphone, and, and many of them are people of color. And, and what would you say, how, do you, how would you coach them as to how to proceed? I would say you have to get involved. You know, um, sitting around and talking about, like I, I had an argument with somebody the other day about this. You know, they were saying they want more olive branches. They, you know, they have to cater to us. And I'm like... Why do they have to cater to you? They, like it, 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 it kind of goes both ways. You're, you're, they're looking. People are looking at it like, you know, they, you know, why should they cater to the African American community? Why should the NRA cater to the African American community, Be, and, and, and risk alienating alienating its base when there's no guarantee that you're actually going to come out and support them? But or, is is there a base? See, that's what bothers me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I gr- I grew up in a in, in an entirely different. An entirely different way. I, I, we just, I just. I'll, I'll put it to you like this: Colonial Noir 
is you know the young black guy that's in the NRA. And you notice how the mainstream media does not want to <laughs> say his can, name. And you can pick him out, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ma- they, they will not say his name. They do right. not want to acknowledge right. him. Now, Bill right. Maher brought him on the show, and he went up on the on the Bill Maher show. Yeah, I saw and, that. And, you know, so, you know, that happened. But um, he's doing videos right now addressing the issues in Chicago and addressing issues in the black community. He is doing... You know what? If 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 a black person, if black people had a wish, they say, okay, well, what could the NRA do? They would say, hire a black person. Okay, they did that. Address issues in the black community. Okay, he's he's doing that. Yeah. Right. But the thing is, is when you look at the, if you go to his channel, the view, the views that he has on the on the issues that surround the black community have the lowest amount, or he has the lowest amount of views on those videos. Okay, and most of his base, most of his audience are predominantly, you know, white gun owners. But whenever he talks about the issues that directly impact the black community, it's not like the white people are sitting there with open arms saying, oh, this is so wonderful that we're seeing both sides and everything. There's a handful that do that. I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, there aren't white people that are like, yes, this is what we need. There's people who have the foresight to recognize this is what we need. But there's other people that, you know, if if it's not along the lines of, you know the the far right you know they're like we don't like this we we just want you to advocate for you know guns and that's it and be the token negro and and you know that's what we want you to be i would take six million minority nra members tomorrow damn right I, i'm serious if we Absolutely. could do it i say the nra is maxed out at six million because they got they're saturated with the white guys and some girls. We need to re- need have everything. more reach they out. They need women. Correct. They need, they need, they they, they need everybody. Society. They need what, what real society looks like. Yeah. And, and, and He's unfo- so smart. Unfortunately, uh, you have that here. Yes, I uh, do. You have that here. So should I force them all to join the NRA at gunpoint? No. Okay. Anyway. That. Real quick. Sherry, where can we find blah, 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 blah. Talk. Shootingclub.com. From there, you can link to our Facebook page and our private group. And we have Low Light, No Light, Urban Shotgun 1 and 2, Holster Draw, Urban Pistol 1, 2, 3, Urban Carbine 1, 2, 3 at the Gun for Hire Academy. I want to thank our uh, guests for coming on today. Sandy's obviously going to wrap it up, but uh, I, I love to see this perspective. Each one, reach one. Sherry, keep doing what you're doing. Peter, keep doing what you're doing. There's going to be roadblocks. You get pissed off. Tough shit. Fight, we must. Go ahead, Sam. Peter, I, I I invite you to come back because yeah. I, I think this is probably Sher- one, of, Sherry? One, of, one of the best shows. <laughs> Sherry's here. You're so racist. But, but he's got to come oh, from a very Sexist, long sorry. drive like me. So what? So, so carpool, bitches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but please, I think it was a. Gr- I really think it was an eye opener, and I know you you really opened my eyes on a couple of issues that. And and, and, and he's obtuse. And I'm up to. <laughs> All right. Well, looks like you, on that note, looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York, under license of Broadcast Music Incorporated. I'm Sandy Berardi. On behalf of my co-host, Master Trainer, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Hire Radio, we do thank you so much for listening. Please, each one, reach one. Winston, time to take it away, my friend. We love you guys. See you next week.